Hi, everyone. I know recently we announced we were going to two episodes a week and then three episodes a week. But you know what? There are just too many episodes. So we are going to back to five episodes a week. Still a reduction from seven, but there were just too many interviews scheduled, and I didn't want to make all the authors wait for too long. So I hope you can keep up with me. Listen to one a week as you're on your way to work or on your way home or putting your kids to bed or whatever it is you're doing. Moms don't have time to read books now five times a week. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hi, I'm Zivi Owens, and you're listening to Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. This 30-minute podcast features a new author interviewed by me every single day, 365 days a year for about 30 minutes. I am also the publisher for Zibby Books, which publishes 12 books a year in fiction and memoir. Our books are already out now. You can check it out on zibbybooks.com. And we have a magazine called Zibby Mag, where we have lots of wonderful essays and lifestyle features. That's at zibbymag.com. We have classes at zibbyclasses.com. And I recently opened a bookstore in LA called Zibby's Bookshop at 1113 Montana Avenue at 11th Street in Santa Monica. I hope that you are able to enjoy some of our other offerings. But this here podcast is the basis of all of it and started in 2018. And no matter what I do, this is basically my favorite thing. Enjoy. Jessa Maxwell is the author of The Golden Spoon, a novel. Jessa lives in Jamestown, Rhode Island with her husband, Katz, and a three-legged dog. She has also written and illustrated six picture books and worked as a journalist. And wait until you hear in this episode just which children's books she wrote and listen to me figure it out. It was a it was a total podcast highlight for me. And by the way, The Golden Spoon was chosen as one of Sarah Select's books. She, Sarah Select's is a fabulous book club from Sarah Gelman on Amazon, and you should totally check that out as well. Welcome, Jessa. Thank you so much for coming on Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books to discuss The Golden Spoon, a novel. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. 
Thank you for shouting out my fluffy pancakes on Instagram. <laughs> oh, those are feeling good, actually. I have never attempted those. It's amazing. I don't know. I felt a little humbled though, because then my husband showed me all these other like restaurants, even in New York that have perfected the Japanese fluffy pancake. You know? Yeah, but restaurant, not like a person. I, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was a very good first attempt, honestly. Thank you. Thank you. They rose. They were fluffy. That was. They like were the fluffy. Main. They were. Yeah, yeah they That's rose. The so thank God for that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, tell uh, tell listeners about the Golden Spoon and where baking fits into your life. So the Golden Spoon is a murder mystery set at a baking competition. And it's kind of modeled on, you know, the kind of kindness that you'd find in a Great British Bake Off style baking show. And then you have these different characters. They all come from different backgrounds. And a host who has this very intense personality, kind of Martha Stewart-ish, you know, personality called Betsy. And it's taking place at her kind of family estate, her crumbling family estate that she's very intent on keeping going. And she needs Bake Week to hunt her house, keeping up all these, you know, old things are very expensive. So she's got all of this going on. And then this younger, very brash guy named Archie Morris is sent by the network to try to kind of resuscitate the ratings of the show. And he brings all of this drama into her life that she doesn't ask for. So that's kind of the gist of it. And it's told from many perspectives, which was really fun for me. And um, yeah, I just enjoyed writing it so much. It's such a good time writing it. You can tell. It's really fun. It's like the whole thing has like a wink and a nod to it. Just very... Not coy is the wrong word. Like not festive is also the wrong word. I don't know. You know what I'm trying to say? It's yeah, like, uh, I mean, fun. maybe I, just fun and uh, yeah, you know, a little. Delirious. I love that kind of feeling. I want. I wanted a feeling in it, you know, and I looked for that in my writing. I, I mean, there's definitely some serious and dark moments in the book and and themes, and I. You know, I don't think the lightness is, you know, you could say, oh, it's just a cozy, but I do think it explores themes that are deeper than that, for sure, about sexism and ageism and a variety of different things. But yeah, I wanted that feeling that you have when you are really like familiar with something and and feel connected to the characters. And there's no character that's just a crazed sociopath in it. You know, like even the, even the bad characters, you can kind of understand where they're coming from, which I really love. Yes. And I love hearing the backstory. You know, it's like, it's literally like watching one of the reality shows. And then when they take the camera off to the side and they're like, mm-hmm. okay, here she yeah. is home and da, da, da. And it just, you're immediately invested in everyone's life. Yeah. Because you always like wonder what these people are like when you turn the cameras off. Like, are they who they say they are? You know, are they posing for the cameras? So there's so many different ways people can act off camera and on. True. I loved how, I can't remember his name, but the character who came in and was wearing like a flannel shirt and they thought they were like, you can go around to the back. <laughs> yeah, that was Peter. That was Peter, um, Peter. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like, no, I'm wearing my nice flannel shirt. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like my husband is often mistaken for like go around the back sometimes. You know, what I mean? <laughs> he like opened the door to our house once and like this workman came in and was like, uh, 
you know, do I have to wear like booties on my shoes? I hear the owner might be home. And he's like, Oh my uh, gosh. Like, oh, I I <laughs> <laughs> booties on the shoes now. Yeah. He's like, no, really? He's like, yeah. So <laughs> Did you go to any cooking shows like to research? Oh, no, I would love to be invited to go on a cooking show and watch. I would hate to participate. I think that would be absolutely terrifying. I'm so amazed that people are able to do so well under pressure. I just, I can't even imagine what that would be like. It's got to take a very interesting skill set to be able to do that. Uh, But yeah, I'd love to watch a a cooking show. It was fun though. The woman who voiced Betsy on the Audible is wonderful. And she actually knows a contestant named Val who is on, I think season 16 of the Great British Baking Show. And she has a copy of the book now and has been promoting it on social media. I really loved it. It was really, really sweet to see that connection. I should introduce you to Brooke Sam, who wrote this book called May Cause Side Effects because she was a chopped champion. Oh, amazing. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think I actually have a friend too in the town. I live in Rhode Island in Jamestown and my friend Lindsay runs a bakery there. And I'm trying to remember, I think she was on MasterChef and she read the book recently And she was like, so taken back to her time and that. And she was like, did you do research? And I kind of, I didn't like, I, I kind of just imagined what I thought it would be like, but I think it turned out kind of authentically, which is nice to hear. Well, also, I feel like all of us who watch them on TV, we can see what it looks like enough. Yeah. I'm interested in like the back room, you know, like what? Yeah. 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 (laughs) Have you ever watched, I'm sure you haven't, but there's a show called Lego Masters. Have you seen that? Uh -uh. Okay. Well, it's like the same thing, but it's with building Legos. It's actually very interesting. Oh, I would love that actually. It's so, my kids are obsessed. It's like Mm -hmm. a great family show. We all watch it together. This is like these crazy sculptures and things. Yeah. Every time they have it, I don't even know what I'm talking about this, but anyway, every every week, they start with like, I don't know, 30 people who are in like 15, Uh 16 groups and each Uh week someone gets eliminated and each week there's a new challenge, like build a car. Like the one we watched (laughs) last night, one brick was like hanging from a string and they're like, instead of building on a table, build down from this one brick, you know, but it's so cool. They're so creative. Mm -hmm. But anyway, they put like 10 hours on the clock and my son was like, I could never do that because it had to be there for 10 hours. Like what if I had to go to the bathroom or something? (laughs) I'm like, there's so much that happens off camera, right? They stitch it all together and I'm sure they take breaks and then like what happens really in those back rooms. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And I kind of like tried to figure out it was the hardest part for writing this for me was just like figuring out the rules of the show and, you know, how many people I could put in it because I wanted to use all of their perspectives because otherwise you'd know too much basically. So that was like the kind of torturous part for me trying to figure (laughs) out that part. Cause I was like, you can't have, I was writing it. I was like, I had like eight perspectives and I was like, is this okay? Like I kept, I kept wanting to ask people like, what would you think if you wrote a book, if you read a book that had eight perspectives, like, would you just shut it immediately? But I think it ended up working out fine because the nice thing about cooking shows is everyone's so different. I love that about, you know, just watching the Bake Off too, or watching any of these shows that people come from so many different backgrounds, different ages, which is super nice for having, you know, all totally different voices. So they all play off of each other really well, I think. There was another book too that was a cooking show, but it took place during World War II. 
I saw that. I saw something about that one. It was like a year ago, right? Yeah. I I interviewed the author and now my mind is blank. Yeah. It was, Uh, yeah, that looked really cute. Yeah. But she was awesome. And the book was really interesting. You two should do an event or something. Oh, that would be so fun. I know I should reach out to her. I remember. Um, I'm going to remember her name by the time we finish talking. Okay. Let me, let me let my brain just like spin. (laughs) See what comes out of it. Yes. But also the way you wrote about the house made us feel like in the, ha- the I said we called the house, the, the manor, the villa, you know, yeah, everything the, from like yeah. coming in to like how you give us the point of view of the windows, right? Like this is mm-hmm. the view down here and this is what we can see. So you, like you literally, it's people's points of view instead of just mm-hmm. like voice, which was very cool. Yeah, it was fun. I tried to make it so that each section was moving. I never had one time period that was re-described. So every t- every yes. character moved. And I think that helped having so many characters um, and having it in first person. I think that helped it go along because I think if I re-described the same scene in from different points of view, it would have bogged it down. So yeah, I did like doing that. I like doing it that way. And it felt very kind of like cinematic writing it that oh, way. Yes, you could see the whole thing play out. I also feel like this is like Clue. You know, it's like as if Clue was yeah. a novel with everybody having a different perspective. Like, what was Colonel Mustard thinking? Yeah, yeah. And that's such a fun story. I love that kind of thing. How did you arrive at writing this book? Like, what was <laughs> your life like before you wrote this book? And how did this all come about? Yeah. And, and all I that? mean, I wrote and illustrated six picture books. So I was really into picture books and I was writing and illustrating a graphic novel. And then I just always had wanted to write a mystery, though. And I kind of got to the point where I was like, if I don't write a book now, I'm just never going to write one because I had fantasized about it for so long and kind of started things. And I had all of these different ideas. And this one just came to me when I was on the phone with my mom, actually. I was just kind of complaining about <laughs> how unmotivated I was. And I was like, I could write this or write that. She was just like, you should just write one. And um, this this is, I was I kept coming back to it. I was like, this, it's just such a fun idea. So I decided to try it and I wrote it in three months, which is like yeah. wild to me now looking back on it because I don't know how I did that. Because <laughs> um, the second work is, is taking a lot longer. And I'm sure <laughs> all of them will after that. You know, I, I'm like, oh, I guess I write books in three months now, but I don't. <laughs> but it was really, it was really sad. It was so satisfying too. And it was some, I think because I didn't have any outside pressure yet either. I was just writing alone in my little room. It was still kind of pandemic times, you know, and I would, I just watching the thing turn into something was so magical to me. And just to feel so empowered, like seeing the words go down on the page. And I mean, you know, that because you just finished <laughs> this, a novel, right? Yes. Well, yes. I mean, I have to talk to my editor today about getting out my whole, you know, all the edits. I'm like, I'm sure she won't have any edits. It's perfect. Oh, no, no, no. I know, I know. That's the brutal part, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to have so much to do, but I'm just going to live right now in the... Yes, yes. That you finished it, which yeah. is like, I mean, I remember getting to 60,000 words and I ended up adding 20,000 like in two weeks later because I wanted to um, send it out. I had a couple of other ideas and it, I felt like it needed to be longer, but... I was like over the moon. I was like, this is just like the best thing I've ever done. I felt so (laughs) empowered and good. It was so cool. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices 
down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready get 30, ready get 20, 20, 20, ready get 20, 20, ready get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. What was it like to sell it? It was like every dream you have. Like I remember I used to kind of, while I was writing it, I was just felt really good while I was writing it. And I would walk around and I would just kind of fantasize about what would happen. And it was beyond, you know, I had like an auction for it. I had an auction for the TV rights to it. I did have to get a new agent when I wrote it though. My agent didn't like it. So oh my I got, gosh. yeah. So I had to get a new agent, which was great. And then I got, my agent is Alexander Machinist. She's an amazing, amazing agent really knowledgeable about everything. And she's been wonderful. And then I have this wonderful editor at Atria and Atria has been a dream to work with. So I have zero complaints about this experience, <laughs> but I know it's very lucky. That is so cool. And it was picked for a book club. Who was your book picked for? It was picked by Sarah Gelman. Yes, that's right. Sarah Selects. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. I so love her picks. And she has Yeah, really she's picks. great. Oh my gosh. Love. Very exciting. So... What's the TV story? Who knows? You know, it's like, I, it was exciting. I mean, I really love Eileen as really incredible, prolific person and was really excited about it. It's kind of, I think it's kind of stalled out now. I'm not really sure what's going on, honestly. I know she wrote a draft. I read, you know, the first episode, which was really you did? interesting, you know? Yeah. Cause it's different. I mean, she has her own spin on it because she's making it for a completely different medium. And it was so wild to see my characters doing different things that I had them do, you know? Yeah. And at first I thought I wasn't going to like it, but I actually was like really enjoyed the difference. It was like taking something and kind of moving it into a different realm a little bit. I loved it. That would be really fun, yeah. by the way, if like a ton of authors did something like that. It's like one of those games you play with the kids. Yeah. Like someone writes a chapter and then just passes the book along. Yeah. Yeah. Like that would be cool. Do you think it would work? Yeah. yeah no, it's like the, I mean, what is that? What is that called where you fold the paper? Oh yeah. 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 I love that. Yes. 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 I love those as a kid. Yeah. That would yeah. be wild. Yeah. That would be neat. I wonder how it would turn out. I know. Right. I should try it. Yeah. I should try it. <laughs> you can write the first chapter. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> what is the second book that's coming slowly about? <laughs> 
the second book is not, I mean, it's, I'm still kind of in the midst of it, but it's another enclosed area where there's going to be lots of people interacting with each other. I live in Jamestown, Rhode Island, which is right across from Newport. So it's set at a kind of re- more remote gilded age manor that's been converted into a hotel. And it involves a old matchmaker who comes to have this kind of like flashy last weekend and matches, you know, match these different people in this state. So it's been really fun to write. Um, it just took, I changed the characters a lot in it. So I started out with different characters and I was like, mm, I kind of want them to be a little more fun. And so I've kind of gone back recently and changed them around, but it's been, it's, I think it'll be good. I hope so. <laughs> Are you, have you done anything at the ocean house in Watch Hill? No. And I'd love to, I actually, we just moved there during the pandemic and I did not know about it until recently. That would be a great setting. Oh, I mean, and if I, you know, like that could be the launch event could be at that. That'd be so amazing. I'm going to connect you to Deborah Goodrich-Royce is the owner. Oh, I would love that. Yeah. I've heard amazing things. I'm doing something at the Savoy, which is oh, yeah, a beautiful yeah. bookstore. I have to get there. I've been Westerly. Yeah. yeah. Rhode Island is just the best. I'm so thrilled with it. That's awesome. Yeah. It's gorgeous. It's I mean, so pretty. I had no idea. Yeah. It's really gorgeous. I don't know why it's not like a big vacation destination. I mean, they have beautiful beaches. Yeah. A beautiful hotel. I mean, in the summer, it feels like it is like Newport is so crazy, but Newport's kind of like the worst I part of it. Of course, Newport. I just mean like yeah. the rest of no, rest it's not. I mean, too. And we live on this little island. There's no hotels really, so I guess that. But there's like the perfect little family beaches. There's just it's gorgeous. I mean, it's the perfect setting for like a murder mystery too, because it's like it is Mayberry. You know, the teenagers at the grocery store, like the nicest people you've ever met in your life. And it's just like, oh my God, what's happening? (laughs) It's like after coming from New York for 15 years, it's like shocking. (laughs) Wait, how did you choose there? My husband's family um, is from Newport area. His dad grew up in Newport and his mom went to school there and they met there. And we had a family friend that couldn't, she lives in Canada and she had a summer house there and we stayed there during the pandemic, like first summer, we were so lucky. It was like the most beautiful, magical place. The local band, we practicing the sound of music and like a parking lot at the church. And oh my gosh. it's just like, I mean, it was like, you just cried because it was so <laughs> nice after like all the hard stuff we'd seen. So yeah, it was great. It's a great place. How did you originally get into writing children's books? And like, take me back. Like, where did you grow up? Just take me back. <laughs> all the way back. Catch me up. up. I grew up in Wisconsin mostly. Um, Was born in Michigan. My family's all Midwestern. Um, I'm actually going to Minnesota at the end of this tour for the last stop, which will be fun to see family. Yeah, and I I went to art school. I was an illustrator. I started out as actually I started. It went to school for art. Ended up becoming a journalist. I lived in like Thailand, Egypt, Netherlands. I traveled a lot in my early twenties came back and then I decided to pursue illustration and I started making comics. I did on comics for the New Yorker and for the New York times now quite a few times. And then I just kind of that like led me into doing picture books, like longer things. And yeah, I love doing that too, but I always wanted to write like the writing was always the more direct way to tell a story that I was the most interested in, you know, but I still love, I love looking at illustration. I love kind of like the way graphic novels can tell a story too. What were your picture books? My first book was called Shark Detective. It's about a lonely shark. It is a mystery actually. 
It's a lonely shark that lives in a hotel room on land (laughs) and goes and looks for a missing kitty he sees on a poster. And um, oh my gosh! And I, you know, (laughs) when I looked you up, they don't they don't talk about any of that in your bio anywhere. No, it's kind of my fault, honestly, because I wanted I didn't want that everything to come up. I used a pseudonym for this. So my books, my picture books are under Jessica Olin, but I just, I wanted to just have like a different thing for my, I didn't want to have people, you know, look up Amazon and see like picture books and then this mystery, but it just seemed confusing to me. And I just thought it would be nice to differentiate the different things. I totally know this book. I totally know this book. And then I did one called the Blobfish book. Yeah, I had a bunch of them. I'm, I still actually have an open contract with Balser and Bright to do one more picture book that I need to focus on at some point. And it was, yeah, I had so much fun doing that. Oh my God, stop. You wrote a drift? Yes, do you have it? Oh my gosh. That is so crazy. This is one of our favorite books. I Are am you not kidding? kidding. No, That's my daughter, wild. my teenage daughter is obsessed with polar bears. So yeah. every polar bear theme book we get, basically, we have read this book. So many times. Oh my gosh. That's so, I am cry. so excited about this. Oh my gosh. That's so wild. I mean, no one really bought that book. I bought it. I'm I so glad. It. I, oh, oh my gosh. that's wild. Yeah, oh, a drift an odd so couple happy. of polar bears. Oh my gosh. We read that all the time. I should go oh, get it for you in the other room. Oh my I, I I loved I loved writing those. I loved drawing that book. I thought that was such a pretty like I loved the colors and it. it was really fun to draw. See, if you had said in all your bio stuff that you were this person, also I could have been more prepared. <laughs> oh my gosh, that is so, so great. cool! Oh my gosh, so you drew it too? Yeah, yeah, I did all the drawings. Yeah, so fun. I mean, they're not like complex drawings, but I really drawing is fun too. That's the coolest thing. I can't. <laughs> I'm. I. I just. My kids are gonna think this is the coolest thing ever. That's so, so great. That's so cool uh, to hear. Yeah. Wow. Right. Oh my god! I can't believe you wrote a drift. That's so cool. I, I can't believe you have a drift. That makes me so happy. I'm gonna have to have my daughter send you all of our polar bear stuff. We have like. Polar yes. How did you think of that book? I was a comic. I did that actually was rejected by the New Yorker. I was going in every week and like bringing comics into the New Yorker. And it was one that I loved. It was like a polar bear on an ice floe. And there were two polar bears sitting on an ice floe in the middle of the ocean. And one was nudging the other one saying, what are you thinking about? Yeah. I just thought it was so funny. Like the images cracked me up. And so I just developed, you know, this whole picture book about these two polar bears. And I liked the idea of telling, it's a story about, you know, like a a kind of introverted bear and an extroverted bear. And I I like this kind of telling children about introverts and extroverts and how it's okay to kind of make friends in a slower, different way than we see often where it's like this flashy instant thing. Oh my gosh. That's so cool. Wow. Okay. (laughs) Well, that totally made my day. I mean, it's so great. It's like you have this great sense of humor in everything you do. Oh, thank you. It's great. Really funny. Are you coming to New York on tour at all or no? Yeah, I was in the Mysterious Bookshop. Oh, yeah. I have not been there yet. Yeah, it's really cool spot. And they sold out of the books, which was amazing. Amazing. Yeah. And then I'm coming back. We have an apartment in New York still, so we go back and forth. My husband works at Simon & Schuster as a editor. And so oh. we kind of mostly are in Rhode Island, but we go back to New York when we have to. 
And so we will be back. I'm going back on Monday actually to sign more stock, but I don't have any other specific events in New York right now. Well, we should meet up at some point. I would love that. That would be great. (laughs) I also might need to beg you to do a little polar bear drawing with my daughter's name on it or something. Anytime. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Okay. Sorry. This is kind of a non-traditional podcast, but it's so informal, but I hope you don't mind. (laughs) People can just listen in as we... Okay. Well, thank you so much. The Golden Spoon. Congratulations. Thank you. So cool. Yeah. This is really fun. (laughs) Amazing. Thank you so much. Okay. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Zibby Owens and at Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Also sign up for my newsletter at ZibbyOwens.com and sign up for my virtual book club and meet lots of authors on Zoom every other week. Thanks so much to Steve and Ryan at Texture Sound for the sound editing. And thank you to Morning Moon Productions for providing this fantastic intro and outro music. 